بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على اشرف المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين اللهم تحيا فتح المدينه وتفتح رزقا مباركا كريما رب اشرح لنا صدورنا ويسر لنا امورنا واحللنا وقد من السنتنا يفقه قولنا ربنا ادخلنا مدخل صدق واخرجنا مخرج صدق واجعل لنا من لدنك سلطانا نصيرا اللهم يا حي من رحمتك نستغيث من عذابك نستجير ارحمنا برحمه تغرينا بها على رحمه وسواك اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين. السلام عليكم ورحمه الله تعالى وبركاته. ان شاء الله today is planned we'll spend our time ان شاء الله this morning reflecting on the verse of Noor, verse 35 within Surah An-Nur that we covered last week. So Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, this is a very beautiful verse, uh, an outstanding, special gem within the Qur'an, and inshallah uh, we'll talk about it and reflect upon its meanings, and uh, highlight why it's a verse that should be really close to our hearts. But nothing can be really close to our hearts if we don't, you know, come close and, and, and um, seek to kind of delve within the meanings and the mysteries, so to speak, of whatever verse that we, uh, subhanAllah, wanna, wanna uh, explore. And this is one of those verses that really deserves that attention from all of us. First question is, you know, this is called the verse of light, Ayatul uh, Nur, the verse of light. Placed within a surah that is called Al-Nur, and we spoke last week about, about what this surah was about. This is a surah that ultimately came down to exonerate and declare the innocence of a woman. Came down from the heavens. Imagine this once again to understand the weight of this surah. A surah that came from the heavens to the Prophet to declare the innocence of his wife. So if anything, it just highlights the sanctity of the human soul, the sanctity of honor, the sanctity of and, and the dignity of a human being, particularly a woman. And now we're talking about Aisha, the wife of Prophet Muhammad And we spoke about the slander, the incidence of, this, of, of the ifk, this slanderous lie that some in the community of the believers, right? led by, spearheaded by the head of the hypocrites who peddled this lie, this rumor that was assisted by some of the closest to the family of Prophet Muhammad and before you know it, it spread like wildfire in Medina. Allah wanted to really capture for us this scene, this tremendous scene of pain, this tragedy that unfolded, touching who Prophet Muhammad and you know, we, you know, Prophet Muhammad went through all kinds of pain, but what pain would come close to the pain of your own honor, your own wife, being touched and maligned and, and tainted? And now everyone in Medina is talking about you and your own wife, that, it has, that she has committed this most heinous of acts, right? Engaging in, in, in improprieties with another human being, with another man. Can you imagine just the pain of the Prophet once again and understanding the depth of it? That of you know, all people, he would go through this, Allah, yes. And Allah says, 
just to illustrate to all of us that, that, that all of us kind of through, go through excruciating pain, tragedies in our lives, and, and nothing is far from, from, from us, right? If Prophet Muhammad had to go through this, you and I would go through it. But it was a really an incredible caution from Allah to all of us. This is a surah that came to really shine light. That's why it's called surah, uh, nur. Came to shine light upon all of us and to tell us until the end of time, pay attention to your thoughts, pay attention to your words, Pay attention to your actions, especially when it comes to the sanctity and honor of human beings, especially women, and don't mess with that. Do not mess with this. Under any circumstances. That's why the surah was very legalistic. The surah was very legalistic, laying down tremendous uh, legislation. Legislation to guard what? To guard, again, the honor of human beings and their dignity. That no one would touch that. It's very, it's very special to Allah, right? And the honor of families and the honor of the community. It had to be protected by rules. Without rules and legislation, everything is kind of fair game for people. Allah says, no, 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 you don't mess with this. We have to lay the boundary, lay down the boundaries. Boundaries have to be stated and defined. And who is to ultimately define boundaries? Allah Azzawajal. You and I, as much as we want to believe that we're objective, that we're capable of issuing uh, moral codes and legislation, we can't. We're gonna clash. We have subjectivity. You know, we're influenced by our whims and desires. It is impossible. Some legislator has to issue it. And who is a better legislator than Allah Azza the source of life? So the source of your life and my life is the source of that code that can regulate our behaviors and uh, establish the perimeter that we cannot cross. And this, this, this is the surah that did that. Similar to Surah Al-Baqarah. Surah Al-Baqarah was a lot about also legislation, Sharia, and a lot of code in it. Don't do this, do that. Don't do this, don't do that, right? Allah Azza established many of the forbidden areas in the Surah, and the things that we need to prescribe to within the Surah. But then within Surah Al-Baqarah you find an extraordinary what? Verse 255. What is that? What is it? Ayat the verse of Kursi. So you say within this very legalistic surah, it has these overarching themes about legislation and, and legal rulings. You find a verse that is standing out to be the, the most extraordinary verse in the Quran. The most. The greatest verse in the Quran is Ayat al Kursi. What does Allah talk about in Ayat al Kursi? What is it about? Why is it the greatest verse in the Quran? It's a verse about who? Allah describes himself. So within this legalistic surah, Allah places this gem within it that is talking about who? Himself. No accidents, brothers and sisters. So because the spirit of the surah, like the spirit of, the, of surah al-Baqarah is Ayat al-Kursi. And it's a verse that is the greatest because it's talking about Allah. Allah introduces himself. So Allah is saying, sending the message in the surah, that you'll never be able to subscribe to any legal code and honor it, and be real with it, and be intentional about it, and apply it without knowing who, who Allah is. This is a beautiful methodology, by the way. What do we do when we teach people about Islam, about our, you know, our children? We teach them, well, here are the rules, and there's no Allah, right? Just worship Allah. But who's Allah? I don't know. Just worship Allah, right? Allah introduces himself in Ayat al-Kursi, captures your imagination, your mind, and your heart, illustrating to you what his attributes are. 
He's literally telling us Allah la ilaha illallah hayyul qayyum. Oh, it is He, the living, the sustainer. He's the one who owns everything. My goodness, He's reaching down to us to introduce Himself. Now, when you come to understand who Allah is, you can now follow the rules of Allah, the guidance of Allah In the same exact way Surah Al-Nur is doing this. Surah Al-Nur is all about legal rules, the don'ts, right? Protecting honor and dignity. Here are the things that you, you should never cross and so on and so forth. Very legalistic within it stands out this extraordinary verse, verse 35, in which Allah once again tells us who He is. To highlight for you and me that you'll never be able to subscribe to no rules that Allah gives us without understanding who Allah is. And it's a special verse that introduces Allah in a special way, highlighting what exactly about Allah is what? Nur. The attribute of Nur, that Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. So within this legalistic surah, this becomes the spirit and the heart of the surah. You and I need it in order to understand why Allah does what He does. Make sense? So let us inshallah break down the surah. And, and ultimately within this context, within this awareness that it's, that it's a verse talking about Allah Himself. And Allah's telling you and me, sending this message that you need to understand this about me, right? You need to understand these beautiful attributes about Allah Azza wa Jal. And He's going to explain it through this beautiful parable and analogy in the, in, in the verse. He literally says, here is a parable for you to understand me. So let us inshallah uh, break down the verse and, 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 and derive some of the meanings. And by the way, this verse has infinite mysteries and meanings. Infinite mysteries and meanings that it became the subject matter of, of, of volumes of books by the scholars throughout history. Volumes of books have been written about this, just this one verse. Why? Because Allah's nature is infinite. His beauty is infinite. His light is infinite. He is infinite, right? And His words are infinite, right? The words of Allah are infinite. No matter how much you stretch your mind and try to understand these verses, you'll never understand them. This is just an attempt to scratch the surface by the permission of Allah and to the extent that He has given us. Right? Only when He shines His light upon us do we understand anything. So whatever we're doing, we're scratching the surface. So let us inshallah try to understand or scratch the surface by the will of Allah Azza and see how far we can go. Uh, Allah describes or begins this verse, this verse by saying what? No. Allah. This is really beautiful. In the same way that He started what verse? A kursi. Allahu. La ilaha illahu. First thing he wanted you to know in, in, in Ayatul Kursi is there is no God but Allah. Al Hayyul Qayyum. Two verse, two attributes he highlighted. Al Hay, the living, the sustainer in Ayatul Kursi. I'm going to draw some parallels here for you to see how Allah describes himself. He needed to establish himself as the source of life. He's real. He's saying, I'm real. And Al Qayyum, I'm the one who sustains all, everything. Everything that is here emanates from Allah. Here he shares or he defines himself first of all by saying Allah and you notice in the two verses there's no title he's literally giving us what he's reaching down to you and me right saying Allah here's my name what a beautiful gift from Allah that Allah himself in his majesty in his glory reaches down to you and me human beings humble tiny human beings he has created and says Allah say my name say my name and my name is Allah. He reaches down to introduce himself with his name without a prior what? Title. 
who has, who on earth with any status or significance, social, political, economic, wouldn't use a title? And you and I are simple little creatures and we love the word DR and MR and HR and this R and His Highness and His Majesty, blah, 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 right? Literally that you wouldn't even dare to call the person by his name without the title. And if they're royalty, you didn't even mention their name because it's inappropriate and it's unacceptable and there you're not doing it. You say, your majesty, the king, the queen, blah, blah, blah. You don't mention the name. It's unacceptable according to all customs. And yet Allah himself says Allah, right? Without any prior title. How much more intimate can it be? Intimate, what is intimacy? I mean, yesterday, um, and a lot of people, by the way, from this community were yesterday there, staying late at night till like 12 o'clock. They were hanging out, by the way, just be careful. <laughs> hanging out, subhanAllah. Such a funny sight seeing ICPP people hanging out in DC, 12 p.m., 12 a.m., but it wasn't for a good reason, alhamdulillah. So, saw a lot of people from the community, and um, I was actually trying to say something about this. What was it? Mm, forgot. Some session you did yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it was about intimacy. That's memories, lack of sleep. But we're talking about intimacy yesterday. Intimacy, if you open up the dictionary to understand what intimacy is, because people have wrong notions about intimacy. Our heads are filled up with Indian and Hollywood movies, right? And intimacy oftentimes is associated with encounters, with love, I know, opposite genders meeting, love of our lives, and so on and so forth. That's what we think of, what we think of when the word intimacy comes to mind. Intimacy, if you look it up in the dictionary, it's about a close union of different particles or entities. Close union where both sides become knowable to each other. So it's to intimately, to profoundly know someone and to profoundly feel uh, uh, this sensation of being known to someone. You cannot achieve intimacy without being known. Knowability. So superficial relationships are not intimate. Hello, how are you? How is everything today? Does not achieve intimacy. But when I get to know you and you get to know me and we feel it, then intimacy is achieved. How much more intimate can Allah be with us? That He's sharing His Highness, His Majesty, the one who created the heavens and the earth is giving you his name, reaching down without any titles. It doesn't get any more intimate. Allah is letting you know, inviting you to know him intimately. And he's telling you and me, I am Al-Alim Al-Khabir. I am the one who knows you what? Intimately. And by the way, the name Al-Latif. name of Allah Al-Latif. Al-Khabir is the one who is experienced with something so, so much, profoundly and intimately. Latif means the one who knows the subtle matters. Lutf is from the subtlety. The, ones who, the one who knows you inside out to such a level, subtle, subtle level of detail. And this is his name. To tell you you're so known to me, I made you. What an intimate message from Allah Azzawajal. So Allah wants you and me to be feeling that we're known to him, why? Because one of the struggles of the human being is feeling that you're not known. And by the way, people feel pain. Feeling the pain of not being recognized. Does that make sense? When people look through us, and you're saying, hey, hey, I'm here, I'm here. I want to be known, right? Human beings want to be known. That's a core desire of a human being, to be noticed. So it's a tragedy when we don't notice each other, by the way. 
We need to notice each other, see each other, and make each other feel that we're seen, that we're recognized. That's a core need that Allah put in us. So Allah says to you and me, even if no one pays attention to you, even if no one sees you and acknowledges your existence, you're known to who? Allah. And He makes you feel known in ways that no one else will make you feel known. And that's why He's saying, Allah, SubhanAllah. Say, say my name. And there's no name of Allah that captures everything about Allah like the name Allah. It's the personal name of Allah. So I'm highlighting all of this to remind us to be appreciative of just the moment when we mention His name with our tongues, Allah. Allah gave you this gift and gave him that gift. This gift. Could have, could have easily taken it away from us. Such that we don't even appreciate the word Allah nor say it. Just for the fact that you've said that with the name Allah is a blessing. Infinite blessing of Allah, you don't need anything else. Just the fact that your tongue is mentioning is uttering the word Allah. The personal name of Allah being given to me, to my heart, and I'm being permitted by my tongue to say it. What is the next thing he says here? As opposed to Al Hayyul Qayyum. Remember the light? This surah came to serve as a light that extinguished what? The darkness. The darkness that emanated from that incident in which a woman was slandered. Darkness. It brought tremendous pain. It brought problems. It devastated families and people. It is darkness. Any act that is not aligned with the way of Allah is darkness. Jealousy is darkness. Hate is darkness. Confusion is darkness, right? Allah came to extinguish all of that with His code. The legislation of Allah, the way of Allah, extinguishes all that, that, that darkness is needed. Here He attributes the attribute of light to Himself. One of the names of Allah is Nur. And He says here, Nur what? Of what? The heavens and the earth. Now what is the deal with light? We're all familiar with light, but just as we take Water for granted, we take what for granted? Light for granted. We never really explore or think about what is this light about? What a blessing it is to have light in our lives. And Allah describes Himself as Nur. How will we understand Allah's Nur? Light. The closest way to understand Allah's light is to look at what? Physical light. So, what do I understand about this light? What is the significance of this light? Imagine if this room was not lit by this light. Can you see anything? You cannot see anything until the sun shines, right? But imagine if the sun was not about to shine. You cannot see anything in physical reality without light. So light is what allows you to observe things about you and what allows things that are there already. This thing is real. If it's dark, can I see it? I cannot see it. Physically, I cannot see it. No matter how healthy my what? eyes are. So the eyes are the gadget, the device, and no matter how perfect the, de the device is, it is impossible for this device called eyes to observe physical reality without what? Light. Allah in the same way describes us and reminds us from the Quran about another form of light. He says, Oh, you think blinds? You think it's eyes that go blind? No, it's not eyes that go blind. It is hearts that go blind. So he's saying there's another set of eyes that you have. It's called your heart. Now your heart doesn't need physical life to observe reality. It needs what? 
spiritual light to see the truth. And just as your eyes couldn't see on their own, can your heart see on its own with its own spiritual light? It cannot. The light has to come from where? Allah Himself. <coughs> and it merges with the heart to allow it to see. So imagine the blindness of the human being when he says, I can tell what the truth is on my own. I don't need any external help or assistance to see. No, you need it. And if you, all you have to do is just look at physical light around you to be humbled, to understand you cannot see anything in reality without external help and assistance called light, nur. So nur is everything. Literally, life is darkness. Darkness upon darkness. Without an external light from Allah Himself to allow us to see everything. Everything. So we're in need of both physical light and spiritual light. Spiritual light is what, what allows the heart to see what? Truth. Isn't it true? What allows us to extinguish the darkness within the heart. What darkness can there be in the heart? What do we describe as a darkness in the heart? Think of all the negative emotions. Isn't it true? Think of us when we're sad. Isn't that a darkness? It feels like a darkness. Think about confusion. When we're confused and do not understand something, and we feel that constriction in the heart, isn't it also a darkness? It is a darkness. You know Allah describes darkness in the Quran in a plural way. He doesn't say vulma. He says vulumat. What is vulumat? Darknesses. There are so many ways to go dark, right? So many ways. Sadness is a, is a darkness. Loss of hope. You know when the heart is, has no hope? When life becomes so difficult, you feel it's, it's, it's really pressuring you and, and burning you in profound ways? That's a darkness. Anxiety is a darkness. Depression is a darkness. As I said, confusion is a darkness. Not, not having answers in our lives. Lack of certainty. Darkness. All these darknesses of the heart, how can they be extinguished? The light of truth from Allah Himself can come and remove all of these layers of darkness from our hearts to allow us to see through our hearts. All that is captured within nur. Allah says about Himself, Allah, the thing I want you to know about me is that I am what? Nur samawati wal the light of the heavens and the earth. So heavens and the earth is everything. Heavens and the earth is everything. It is the physical that we see here, and it is what is beyond the physical, what is beyond the material, the spiritual, the non-material. It's all encompassed in what? Samawat, the heavens and the earth. He says the light that shines all of it, that infuses it with life, is Allah Himself. Nur, samawat, Allah. As if to say, you cannot see anything, observe anything in the heavens or the earth without what? Allah Himself in His nur. Because otherwise, how can we understand the nur of Allah Azza So it's a powerful reminder, a statement from Allah Azza that we're totally blind inside out without this light of Allah Azza shining our eyes and shining our what? Hearts to see and understand anything. Then he says next, Method in Arabic means parable, example, or example. So he says, the example of my light. Now for us to appreciate the light of Allah Azza there are many ways to appreciate light. You can think of physical light. For me to understand the light of Allah, because Allah is not, Nur is not this light. He's the source of this light, right? So he's the source of this light, but he's not that light, right? So how would I understand the light of Allah? I mean, the closest I have is physical light. He gives me a better example. 
gives you a better example by saying, let me tell you how to appreciate my light. So what is the best way for Allah to explain his light? He's going to tell us. And he's going to astonish you and me as to how he explains his light. And he's going to highlight how precious you and I are to Allah Azza We're the ones who deprecated, diminished ourselves. We're the ones who uh, painted ourselves in a very negative light. Allah never paints a human being in a negative light. And you're going to see how. You're going to see how. So he says, the example of his light, the parable of his light, is like a mishkat. A mishkat in fiyam islah. The example of the light of Allah is like a mishkat. What is a mishkat? In old, if you look up the translation, in the old eastern homes, right? Uh, they used to light the rooms, dark rooms, with a mishkat. Mishkat is an opening recess, uh, a niche, mishka. opening in the wall. High in the wall, they make an opening. And within it, he literally says, this is the example of my light. And within that niche, you'll find a misbah. Misbah is a lantern or a light that is placed in the niche. There's no other light. You don't have multiple lamps. All you have is this niche. Can you imagine this right now? There's a dark room. Allah saying, for you to understand his light. There's a dark room and there's a niche in it. And the niche, by the way, is placed there to allow the light to do what? Spread out and shine upon the whole room. That's why they create the niche. Within it is a lamp. And then he says, this lamp is in what? Al-Misbahufi Zujaja. It's contained or enclosed within glass. And he says, this glass, this Zujaja, this glass. Then he further describes, details what the glass looks like. He says, this light, he says, this light is like a luminous, shining star or planet that is lit from a blessed blessed tree. And then he names it. He says, it's an olive tree, Zaytuna, that is neither from the east nor from the west. Then he says the, the, the oil of this tree that is lighting the lamp within the glass, right? That is lighting the whole thing. He says the, 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 the oil of it is about to emit light. It's about to shine this oil of this tree is about to shine even though no fire has touched it. Then he says, Nurun ala nur, light upon light. Allah guides to his light whoever he wants. And we'll explain that. May yasha. What does it mean? Who wants, right? And Allah puts forth these parables for people, all creation, nas, all people. And Allah knows everything. So what is this about? So clearly, Allah wants us to imagine. Allah is painting a picture here, a parable here, to illustrate what? The whole surah is about nur. And he told us how to attain this nur within our community so we can protect ourselves and safeguard our sanctity and the sanctity of others. Then he further tells us to an elaborate parable right here that needs to be broken down and needs to be imagined. And by the way, the meanings of it are infinite. 
Now this word the scholars delved into this saying, what does this mean? What is this parable about? What do we have as parts or as the elements of the parable? It's like a puzzle. You have a niche opening. Within the niche, it's covered with what? Glass. Yes. The second element. So you have a niche, you have glass. Within the glass is what? Lamp. Lamp, right? And then the lamp has what? Oil. This oil coming from a tree that is shining this glass. Well, it's, it's lighting the lamp, right? And this lamp is shining through the glass, and the glass is looking like a brilliant, luminous star. And it's shining this light, then Allah tells you, light upon light. So what is this about? So the scholars delved into this deep, and mashallah, like, had, in, through the, the inspiration of Allah and His guidance, reached some conclusions, possible conclusions, as to what this light is about. But bear in mind, as we describe this representation, the question of, or the, 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 the point about Allah describing what? His own light. What is the best way for Allah Himself to describe His light? He's telling us. Here is the best way for you to understand my light. So what do you think the niche, the glass, the lamp, and the olive oil, or the olive tree represent? What does it represent? Heart. Your heart? Exactly. The believer himself or herself. Before we say what, the, what, what parts represent what in the believer, right? You say, wait a minute, Allah's talking about what? His light. He should have said, look at the sun. But what did he say? To understand my light and the impact of my light, I want you to look at who? You. Wow, me, Allah, to understand your light? He says, yes. This is a reminder of how precious you and I are to Allah. He made us, brothers and sisters. And no matter how awful we think we are as human beings, and how terrible and Blah, 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 how much uh, blemishes we have in ourselves. Allah says, no, 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 you are beautiful to Allah. So what does it then represent, ya Allah? As you heard right now, the heart of the believer. So the niche, the mishka, comes to represent this opening. What is the opening? Just the, represents, the heart. The heart it's represent, not, the heart is not open. Yes. The chest yes. itself, the chest cavity. Allah says, you want to understand my life? Look at that darkness of that room. And it has an opening. The opening comes to represent what? Or to be, uh, um, to, to, well, this, ni this niche that Allah, the mishka of the room, it comes to represent this opening within the human being himself in his chest or her chest that contains what? The light itself. Well, he says, So there's this light. First, he, he talks about the light. So he says, within this mishka is the heart, as you have said. The heart itself is represented by what? In the parable. Zujaja. The glass itself. So he said, think of this opening. This opening is, has glass that encloses the light in it. The glass itself, as Ibn Abbas said and other scholars, comes to represent the heart of the believer himself. And then within this heart of the believer, there is the glass. And we'll talk about why glass? Why is Allah saying glass? Suggesting that it's possibly the heart of the believer. And within this zujaja, where, what is there? Misbah. What is misbah? Light or lantern. So what is that what come to represent them? Exactly. Whatever inside that is shining this light upon the glass, upon the heart. I mean, the heart itself doesn't have it. But there's something inside that Allah has embedded just as that lantern is the essence and the core of the whole thing. 
The essence of the, the niche itself is not what it's what gives it significance. The glass itself is not operational by itself. What does it need? It needs light. The glass could not shine anything, but it needed light with air. What were we given as part of our creation that gives us this inclination to Allah? What is it called? Before the faith. Fitrah. Have you heard of fitrah? There's fitrah. What is fitrah? Allah talks about it. Prophet Muhammad talks about it. He says every human being is born with this embedded core nature to them. To do what? There's this wiring inside of you and me. It's deeply seated within our hearts and souls that does what? Inclines us to Allah Azza wa How, you know, doesn't the human being even not know God? In moments of distress and trial, what do they do? Oh God, save me. Oh God, why are you calling upon God? You don't know God, right? You accuse God of this and that. Suddenly you're saying, oh God, save me. It is the internal voice of the fitrah that Allah has embedded into every human being. Allah wants to help us, brothers and sisters. So you place this beautiful secret within you and me to incline us to Allah Azza wa In moments when you don't even worship Allah much, etc., 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 you hear a verse in the Quran or something happens that touches you deeply, what happens to your eyes? You start to tear. Where did that tear come from? How is it that you heard the name of Allah suddenly and you were distant from Him and you start to cry? It's fitrah. It's fitrah also that gives us a sensation of what when we make mistakes. What is it called? Guilt. You know that guilt? There's an internal sensation that when you hurt someone or you uh, do something that you know you're not supposed to do the first time, especially. After all, we lose sensation. The first time you do it, you feel what? Guilt. Oh, I yelled at you. I hate you. Oh, I feel this constriction within, within me. Pain within me. That's the pain from fitrah as well. It's an internal wiring to connect us to the heavens. And Allah says, as if to say, according to the scholars, hey, that light that is within the heart, that is shining upon the glass, is your own fitrah, is your own fitrah that is embedded in your me to provide the mechanism for that light within the heart. But it's not enough by itself. It's not enough by itself. We're not done. He says, well, this light is lit from what? By, by the, by he the says, this zujaja, this glass, is looking like a brilliant star that is about to be lit, that is lit by a tree, whose oil is about to shine light, even though no light has shined upon it. So let's take two things here. There's an olive tree with oil, and there's glass. So the question, first of all, I'm going to ask you is, why did Allah say glass for the heart? Why, why would he describe the heart of the believer as glass? So we need to think of what? Glass. What does glass have? What are the attributes of glass that resemble <coughs> qualities of the heart, especially the heart of the believer? Transparent. Exactly. So I heard transparent. I heard brittle or delicate. Let's call it delicate. It's sturdy, by the way. It's the glass is sturdy, but then it's crackable as well. Right? So let's take the, take the sensitivity or the delicateness or the crackability of the heart. What does that mean? Once again, the heart of the believer has what to it? Sensitivity. It's a sensitive, thoughtful heart. Again, that is when the eyes tear, when you're touched by something that reminds you of Allah Azza Doesn't it happen that when we hear a beautiful recitation of the Quran, etc., oh, we're softened, where our hearts start to break down, right? 
and, and before you know it, you're feeling it in your eyes and you start to, to cry. That feeling of also the guilt that I spoke about, it's all in, right here. That crackable, delicate heart that can see a little child crying and you're like, oh, right? Or an animal being hurt and you suddenly also feel the tears. Or that you ponder upon Allah and you raise your hand and, and you start to shiver and tremble. Allah is talking to you and me saying, your heart is so delicate. That's the creation of who? Allah. And it's literally his life glass. Things can crack it. Reminders about Allah can crack it. And that's a beautiful thing about this class. Then he says, well, it's transparent. By itself, it cannot light or shine anything. But one of the amazing attributes of glass is that it's transparent. What does that mean? Superintendent. It passes through what? Whatever that is lying behind it. Light shines through it. It doesn't obstruct it. It doesn't obstruct it. What does that tell you about the heart? What is it that is transparent about the heart? Allah made the heart contain or exhibit this amazing quality, which is transparency. Whatever is inside of the heart is going to what? Shine through the heart. By the good or bad. That's an extraordinary attribute of the heart. So Allah says, if you have faith in your heart, and we're going to talk about how this faith is lit in the heart of the believer. He says, if you have heart, faith in your heart, what's going to happen to this heart? Can you just contain it? Nope. It's going to shine through this heart of yours to illuminate what? All your limbs. Your limbs will be literally, will start walking the walk of light. And it's shining from within. It has to show in your face. It has to show in your character. Has to. Now, Prophet Muhammad what did they describe him as when they saw his face? No. Like one man looked at him and says, my goodness, I was looking above at the moon and then I looked at your face and I looked at the moon and I looked at, that, at your face. And he says, by Allah, his face was more lit than the moon. So what kind of faith did he have? And it had to shine through manifesting his own face, physically even, and in his limbs, and in his walk, and in his humility, and in his beauty, and in his eyes, and in his words, and in his spirit, and in his character. So there's no way to contain it. There's no way to hold it back. And if you have love in your heart, what happens? If, really, if your heart is filled with love, is it not going to shine through? It has to shine through. And others will feel it without you saying a word. Sincerity. Don't we say, oh, you're so sincere. How did you know? Oh, sincere. Right? You felt it. Allah embedded within us a mechanism, a detector, to detect when people are even sincere. And you say, no, that person is not sincere. Sometimes we go overboard, right? But a lot of times we sense insincerity. Say somebody tells you, I love you. You're like, come on, you're not real. You're not real here. You're just saying words. How did you know? Because you have a detector. We have a fitrah that makes us sense what's inside of each other's hearts. We have a language that is communicated without words being spoken. So you understand sincerity, it shines through the heart, the glass is passing it. So love is being passed, sincerity is being passed, faith is being passed, it has to shine through, and you detect it, creation will detect it. But also hate, if you hate someone, say, I love you, Shalis. You say, whoa, 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 what was that? I sensed it, I sensed it in your eyes, in your looks. The, the hypocrisy, the hate, the rancor, you sense it right away without you, without, I mean, this Torah is also was talking about hypocrites. Allah says, you know what? All the inside has to shine through the hearts. And Allah will bring it up. And that's a blessing. 
that you see someone and you can feel that they're not feeling well towards you, right? It is the quality of that glass. Whatever is inside has to shine through, has to come through, has to be transmitted. But what about the outside? Transparency is bi-directional. So whatever is outside has to what? Penetrate. So the glass cannot keep it out. So Allah says, pay attention, your organ is so delicate and so transparent, whatever you're exposed to, it's gonna what? Take it in. Light, beautiful, love, it's gonna cut shit and it's gonna go in it. Faith, when you open your heart to it, it's gonna, it's gonna penetrate and go into your heart, right? But what if you expose it to toxic things? You become it's toxic. gonna what? Also be passing through the heart. That's why the Prophet says, be careful what you expose yourself to. Whatever, whatever good you expose yourself, your heart, your heart to, it'll, it'll pass through. But if you also expose it to toxic things, they're gonna pass through the heart and corrupt it. And before you know it, also glass is influenced by outside things. Now, you're driving a car and there's glass in front of you and you don't have wipers, what happens? Well, there's something called bear poop. My goodness, you know about bear poop. It's all over your windshield. Right? The dust, the stuff on the roads, all has to come and build up on the glass. What do we use now for us to see? Wipers and water. And we start applying them right away by pressing buttons or whatever, right? To turn on that wiper to start doing what? Cleaning the glass. So if you don't clean it, <coughs> rust builds up on it to the point where you cannot what? See anymore. Allah, what a beautiful parable. Allah says, your heart is like that glass. Rust will build up on it from what? From sins, from mistakes, from all the stuff that we do. Thoughts, words, and actions. And if you allow it to build up enough, what's going to happen to you? You will no longer be able to what? Even if what? Even if there's light trying to come in. Because you're not cleaning it. So the light is not going to come in. So you need to start doing what? Wiping the glass. And how do you wipe the glass of the heart? Exactly. Just ask Allah. <coughs> Seeking forgiveness, istighfar, Quran, salah. If you intend for that to be removed, it's instantly removed by Allah. And that's a beautiful thing. You don't even need to wipe much. You just ask, and it's gone. SubhanAllah. But you have to make an effort afterward. It's not just a one-time thing, right? And, and Allah says you need to continually clean it for you to be able to see in both directions. For you to allow the light to come in, and touch you, and for this to emerge out of your heart to be transmitted to the outside, you need to constantly wash this heart. And all of our faith is about washing hearts. And he says it's inevitable that rust will build up on it. So don't worry about this. It's still what? Beautiful. It's still beautiful, but it needs washing. And the beauty of it is hidden behind the rust and the dirt. Right? So now let us say, okay, that's the heart. It needs the light. Where's the light going to come from? He said, there's a misbah. The misbah, as we said, the light itself, the lantern is what? The fitrah. But it's still not enough. He's talking about another element. What is it? Olive tree. He says, He says, this brilliant, luminous glass. He says, it has this shajar. It is sourced by this tree that is a blessed tree, that is an olive tree, that is not from the east or the west, whose oil is about to emit light even though no light has touched it. What is that? What could it represent? 
what could it represent? This thing within us that is about to shine, that is about to emit light, it's racing to it, even though no light has yet touched it from the heavens. There's another thing in us that, is, that has come from Allah. What is it? Faith and continuous. No, yeah, this is, an, this is the light. The faith itself is the light of Allah, the Quran. And, I mean, ultimately, let's address that one. So the ultimate thing that shines the heart, that lights that lantern, the lantern has the mechanism, it has the wick in it, right? But somebody has to light it. And that's the light of Allah, it's what? He calls the Quran Noor. This is Noor. The guidance of Allah is Noor. Prophet Muhammad is called what? Noor. The way of Prophet Muhammad he himself is Noor. Quran is Noor. The guidance of Allah. Without it, you can't see anything, even if the heart is perfect. But then he talks about a tree whose oil is about to emit light even though no light has touched it. Something within us that is dancing with joy and attachment to Allah, other than the fitrah, that is described in the Quran, that no one understands. That is the breath of Allah. What is it? Soul. Soul. Allah has given us a soul. Nobody understands it, brothers and sisters. It is ultimately a breath from Allah Himself. He breathed His Spirit into who? Adam and he gave us these bodies that are from earth merged with a soul from the heavens. The souls didn't come from here. They came from Allah himself. And Allah says, do you appreciate what that soul is? It's as if to say it's about to emit light. Even though what? No light has touched it. And he says, look at the oil. Olive oil. And you look at the olive oil. Do you really look at olive oil? Do we really look at olive oil? We consume it, we put it on it. But do we really take the time to pause and look at it? What is special about it when you look at it? It's shining. My goodness, like, it's shining. It's like, it looks like, where is this coming from? It's luminous. But nothing has touched it. No light has touched it, but yet it's luminous. Allah says, your soul is as such. It is so precious. It is so beautiful. It's the breath of Allah. It's shining light even though it's luminous without anything touched touching, but it still needs that thing to touch it. If the soul is not touched by Allah, would it make it on its own? Impossible. But it has the capacity. And it's already luminous and beautiful. It is also corrupted. Now it needs another light to come upon it to do what? To really light up. To really light up. So he says what at the end of this verse? First of all, look at what he says. And that's why the scholars say soul. Where did the soul come from? Allah, is it from the east? Is it from the west? Is it from the north? Is it from the south? It's from who? Allah. So he says, There's this beautiful tree with oil in it that is about to emit light, and it's neither from the east, north or the west. Don't look for it. It's from the heavens. Then he says what? No. So he says, now two lights. He's introducing another concept. He says, light upon light. So remember, he was talking about something about to emit light. It's you, within you, without anything external. That's your soul shining some light within, but it still needs another light. So he says, no, light upon light. That's the formula. What is this other light then? Exactly. He says there's another light that is significant that makes all the difference that your soul, which is emitting light from Allah, Allah gave it that quality, 
But it's not enough by itself. It needs another external light that is coming from who? Allah Himself. Allah is the light. And all that He gives us from the heavens is light, as we said, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Quran, there is going to be the ultimate light that shines upon whose light? The light and my light of the soul. So light upon light. Now you merge these two lights. They come in contact with each other. Suddenly, you know, think of the moment when your heart is touched by the Quran. By touch, by a reminder. You already have the capacity. Your soul is dancing out of joy because it wants it. It came from Allah. It wants it to settle in its home. And suddenly, because you open your heart to it, your light is emitting and it's touched by this heavenly divine light. What happens? Right? Extraordinary what? Fire comes out. Good fire. Right? Extraordinary light emerges from the merging of what? Two lights. And the scholars say, who are we to be described as containing a light that merges with the light of Allah Himself? So Allah is not just talking about His light. Well, He put the light in us. He's the source of everything. We didn't originate this on our own. But yet Allah is telling you, you're so precious, there's this light in you already. It's, it's about to emit. It's, about, it's shining already, but it's waiting for the light of Allah to allow it to really become the fulfilled potential, the ultimate light. So when the lights merge, there's an ultimate light that comes out, and that is what? The believer himself, herself. That is the believer walking with faith in them. They're literally light upon light. And then Allah Azza wa Jal says, Yahdillahu linurihi And Allah says something else about his life. He says, Yahdi Allahu linurihi. Allah guides to his light. This light that is that me and I should be desperate for. Open our hearts for it to become really the fulfilled potential. He says he guides to his light whoever men yes, whoever wants. Who wants? Who wants? It's not clear. Is it Allah who wants to guide? So he says he guides to his light whoever he wants? Or is it the person who wants? Allah guides to his life whoever wants his light. Which one? Exactly. Find out. Find it's both. Once again, Allah said, it's like this is really powerful. First of all, he talks about your light and my light and honors us. Say, your light merges with my light and it emits this powerful light. But then he's going to talk about two more things that speak of the uniqueness of the human being and the preciousness of the human being. He says, when I will for your heart to be guided, and it has to happen, something else has to happen before the guidance happens to my life. You have to will it. When you will it, and that will of yours that I gave you, you make the choice, merges with whose will? Allah's will, just as light upon light, then what happens? You shall see the light, and you shall have the light, and you shall experience the light, and it will come into you. SubhanAllah. That's honoring the human being's will. But ultimately, Allah is also putting a responsibility on us. You gotta, you gotta will it. Like if you say, I wanna be guided, but I already made up my mind the Quran doesn't make sense. And we open it seeking what? Seeking refutations. Seeking to find arguments against it. Right? And, and many of us already make up our minds because of whims and desires. And um, like, you know, we're not happy with parts of the legislation of Allah. We start 
coming up with answers and, and literally trying to rationalize why it's bad. Why does it make sense? That's, that's lack of will. That's willing to not be guided. And by the way, we don't have to have answers to be guided. Many of us wait for answers to find it, to, to believe in the truth. Until you convince me why Salah is important, I'm not going to pray. Until you convince me why such and such, why I have to pay zakat, I'm not going to do it. So you were going to wait for answers? What is faith about? Iman is about believing without necessarily seeing. Allah is not going to reveal and show us the heavens and the, and the heavens and Jannah and the hellfire before we believe. That's why it's a test. It's a test. If He exposed everything, then it does, it's no longer a test. So belief necessitates not knowing and not seeing. So we cannot be waiting for answers before we believe. And that's where the test is. So Allah says, are you willing now to open your heart and believe, right? To accept the truth of Allah without you necessarily seeing? When you open your heart to me, I will come right away. Right away. Allah doesn't deprive. Allah will answer. And He'll merge His will with your will and His life with your life to start to see and believe. And Allah concludes the verse by saying, And as such, Allah provides or puts forth these parables for all people to understand, right? And Allah knows everything. Right? One of the most beautiful verses in the Quran, of course, one of the items left is to talk about also the beauty of mentioning olive oil, right? And while olive oil was spared, my child was asking, my son was asking yesterday, Baba, tell me the best foods I can eat in life. They're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> go ask a nutritionist or something. But then I'm like, that's like, wait a minute, let me just, oh, you know, we're always like as parents, we have other agendas, right? Quran, Quran. Like, you need to connect our children to the Quran. So I'm like, suddenly it dawned upon me, right? In a moment of genius. Like, hmm, let me tell him Quran. So what is in the Quran? I'm trying to remember the foods in the Quran. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm doing sort of, I have to know tomorrow. Mmm, zaytun, zayt, right? I'm like, Malik, olive oil. He's like, oh, well, yeah, olive oil. We've been talking a lot about olive oil. What else? I'm like, oh, trying to remember the verses. What else, ya Allah, did you talk about in the Quran? Foods, foods, foods. I'm like, ginger, zanjabeel. It's like, oh, beautiful, what else? And I'm like, ya Allah, what else, what else, what else? And then he reminded me of the third, what was it? Honey. honey. He said, what about honey, Baba? You're always stuffing it in my mouth. I said, yeah, honey, honey. And there was one more thing. Fig. Exactly. Uh, fig. There's another thing. And dates. He's also here. I was like, Baba, what about dates? I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Dates, right? And well, that's mentioned, well, not the process. I know, but here. I'm like, yeah, eat those, you'll do well, inshallah. So what olive oil? What's up with olive brothers and sisters? We'll get into it in the discussion. Go Google right now. Search for benefits of olive oil. The most extraordinary, most refined. There's nothing better for health than olive oil. Literally, that they say the diet based on olive oil is like a health diet. It benefits, it optimizes the brain, cardiovascular function, heart function, you know, improving immunity, diminishing, reducing inflammation. Even now they're investigating, even looking into the possibility of even fighting cancer, right? It's under research. I mean, I'm not a researcher, so, but it's all under research. Benefits, extraordinary benefits. They're even, you know, they even talk about it as, 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 as being, a, you know, subhanAllah, beneficial for the skin. And it turns out that the multi-billion dollar 
um, beauty industry and, and, and skincare industry, much of it is based on olive oil and they're fooling us and making us pay hundreds of dollars even though they're using olive oil. So you either take your olive oil and you brush yourself with it or you go pay hundred dollars for their olive oil that has a label on it, right? That doesn't say olive oil. Literally, a lot of it is based on olive oil. So they do wonders to the skin. SubhanAllah, they, they like beautify the skin and protect it from even UV light and radiation. So that's why it fights also skin cancer. Light upon light. The nur of Allah Azzawajal. It's good for cardiac health too. Cardiac health, like maybe, absolutely. And inshallah, I'm sure we'll hear tons of things from the experts here. Inshallah, when we get here. But let me conclude with this, inshallah. Why is this important again? Think once again of, this, of where this verse was situated. It was situated within the Surah of Nur. To introduce you and me to who? Allah Himself. And to tell you this is something you need to know about me. Allah, I'm your maker, that I'm your light. And you are so precious and dear to me that no matter what this glass of yours, the heart of yours, has in it the blemishes, the dirt, don't worry, you're beautiful to Allah. Is that a message we communicate to people? Well, my brothers and sisters, I can tell you in my work over the past two decades, countless hearts and souls that are broken from our communities. Broken. They've left Islam. Because of what? Because of people in the community, in Masajid, and from the family, who tell them you're horrible. You are. You, you don't deserve any mercy from Allah. You're going to the hellfire. I literally hear from people telling me, they tell me I'm going to the hellfire. I'm horrible. I'm this, I'm that, I'm nasty, I'm undeserving, I'm unworthy. Literally, they walk with broken hearts and souls that feel no worth. What a tragedy. If you ask me, Brother Dave, what would be one tragedy you really identify as a tragedy in our community? I said that people are walking with broken hearts and souls because of the awful messages they've been given about their lack of worth to Allah. And we broke their hearts and souls, and we might have caused them not mine. We caused them to leave this Islam. And I've seen, I mean, I've dealt with them myself, countless people. And here's what Allah is saying, you have nur in you. You're precious and dear to Allah. Just keep trying and come to Allah. Light upon light. Contrast Allah's message to people's message. We need to remind people around us, brothers. We need to remind ourselves of how precious we are. There is an effort involved, clearly. That's why Allah says, nurun ala nur, make your effort. But you're ready already. You have the internal capacity. You're so precious and dear to Allah Himself, subhanahu wa ta'ala. What an honor for the believer. What a precious gift from, from Allah Azza to all of us. Inshallah, I'll, 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 I'll stop here. By the way, one final comment. The next verse, actually, will further describe the beauty of the believers who has that faith from Allah Azza and will tell us where to find the light of Allah. Among the places to find the light of Allah is where? So verse 36, he says, You want to find this light that he just described. And remember, of all examples that Allah could have used to describe his light, what did he choose? The heart of the believer. You want to understand the greatest manifestation of Allah's light? He says, look at your own heart. What an honor for you and me. Right? Not the sun, he says. Look at your own heart. So he says, within the homes of Allah, that Allah Azza wa has permitted to be raised 
for his name to be mentioned and for him to be glorified night and day, you will, within it you'll find my lights. And you'll find men, rijab, and it encompasses women. It's a generic term here. Rijab, true men and women, right? Who are not distracted by life. Who are really bent on remembering Allah, establishing salah, giving zakah, who really have this fear and awareness of Allah and returning back to him for Allah ultimately to reward them with the best of what they've done. The best of what they've done, and indeed Allah provides without accounts. So, alhamdulillah we're here, right? This is where you'll find that love of Allah shining upon the heart to merge with our internal life. I'll stop here inshallah and invite uh, questions or comments.